you have some value to give to the world. Like, do you need to be taken out of service at any time in your life? I mean, I hope that I have more value to give to the world when I'm in my 60s because I've been giving them value my whole life. Mm. And uh, so number one, retirement is a scam. And so therefore putting money away in this hope strategy that's really no hope at all can be deterred and, and create actual freedom today by creating passive income, by building streams of income that offset your expenses. If you have that, you have then the freedom to say, I can go to work or I don't have to go to work. It's literally up to me. Uh, but until you say that, until you create those streams, you have no say so. Your time is owned by someone else or something else, whether it be your business or somebody else's. And, and so that's what we're about is debunking things like retirement, things like deferring taxes. Uh, I mean, I can go into as many as you want, but those are the things that we want to debunk and get people to start thinking about getting their money to work for them so that they can have the freedom with their time today. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, the topic, financial freedom, perfect topic for all of you freedom hackers out there. And to join me and talk about this is our very special guest, Mr. Joey Muir. Joey is the founder and partner at Wealth Without Wall Street. Joey was in mortgage, mortgage business for 11 years before moving to finance in 2014. Wealth Without Wall Street is an online community that seeks to re-educate businesses, business owners, and families how, to how money truly works. Their goal is to teach people how to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and learn how you, yes, you, can become financially free. Joey, welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, brother. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is, this is gonna be awesome. Well, Joey, a place I always like to start, mate, is what's giving you the most gratitude today, brother? Oh, gratitude comes in the form of five little girls that uh, I have the blessing of being their father. And uh, every day they come in like little stair steps and they give me a hug and they, um, we get to spend some time over breakfast. It's kind of our routine and uh, we homeschool. And so I get to see them while I walk back and forth in the hallway here at the house. And uh, they always want to come up and just kind of grab my leg or give me a hug <laughs> or whatever it may be. And uh, that just, and I'm, I'm forever grateful that uh, I have that blessing. 
How beautiful, man. What, what enticed you guys to take on homeschooling? You know, I think it's kind of odd, oddly enough, connected to this whole idea of financial freedom, if you will. Um, once you really start to uncover that we've been given limits in the way that we think, whether we want to or not, I think the default is that you start to think that there are limits to what you can do, what you can accomplish in this life. And I think one of those is on education, right? Like we think that we can only just kind of be a part of the overall education system and that we're not necessarily smart enough to, to teach our kids or we don't have the time or the energy or the expertise and I think the more I got into this idea of financial freedom, it started to uncover like, man, we know a lot, like we have a lot to give to our children. Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, I don't agree with the vast majority of things that they spend their time on in the government school system. So why don't we just invest in them directly and focus in on the things that really matter? Uh, case in point. The other day, I'm actually going through my, my daughter's algebra two with her and I'm going, I'm flipping through the, the pages and I'm, I'm realizing I went through calculus in high school. She's on algebra two. And I remember, I'm like, what portion of this book have I ever used in my professional career? And I've been in finance and mortgage and like some kind of higher level thinking type jobs when it comes to, you know, math. And I've, I haven't used any of it, right? But what did I not learn in school that I use every day as a business owner? I didn't learn QuickBooks. I didn't learn accounting. I didn't learn any of the ways to read the reports that truly matter in running a business. And so my daughter's in 10th grade. I'm like, I can't wait for you to be done with this basic, this math that you have to do to, to like satisfy the state or whatever. And I want to get you into accounting classes and, you know, QuickBooks and bookkeeping and, and those type of things that man, you'll get so much value out of. So anyway, that's a long answer, but we just wanted to help them focus in on things that really matter. Yeah, man, that's uh, hats off to you for taking the initiative to do that. I don't have kids, but in my personal opinion, the, the current schooling system this day in the Western world is holding kids back, man. Like, I think that like kids at the at grade 12 um you know they're about they're, they're just not using the capacity of what they're really capable of and i think it's like super limiting and you know you're talking about accounting and things like this that can help out in business i also think what about communication what about like relationship building what about like money management you know the things that are actually important in life that like hit us as soon as we leave school we got to deal with these things anyway but, you know, maybe they're not telling us those, teaching us those things for a reason. But when you're homeschooling, you can do that and you can learn all of those things. And so hats off to you for doing that, mate. Well, hats off to my wife, to be honest. She does the vast majority of it, but mm -hmm. I'm able to help with some, some areas like math and um, spelling and, you know, helping my seven-year-old read right now, like going through reading with her. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd say the other thing, man, we're able to really focus in on spiritually how to invest in them and like had a, mm. had a Bible study with one of my daughters this morning um, where she's 14 and, you know, she's got a lot of good questions and we're able mm. to dig into scripture together. And, um, 
and it's, and she, we're not rushed to run out the door because she has to make it to the bus and, you know, that sort of thing. So it just gives us, we're talking on freedom hackers, right? Right. So we're freedom. We have a lot more freedom with that time to invest in what we think is the most important for them to learn. Beautiful, man. You guys doing that at home and you're doing it on a big scale out in the world, helping people how to be financially free. And you're a successful man. How, how was your childhood? How did that affect all of the years to follow to get you to where you are today? Man, I'll tell you, I'm very grateful for my upbringing, um, even though it was very, it was very basic and uh, in nature. My, my parents worked for the Salvation Army. And um, so I was kind of like a preacher's kid, if you will. Okay. But uh, we moved around a lot. I don't know if you know the, the model that the Salvation Army works under, but the officers, they don't own anything, right? In order to, to work with the Salvation Army, you don't own the home that you live in. You don't own the cars that you drive. You literally don't own the bed sheets that are on the bed in your house. Wow. So we would get a call uh, they had two calls a year where they would say, Hey, by the way, um, either you got the call or you didn't. And they would say, you're, you're moving to a different location, to a different assignment. It's almost like the, the, the military. Wow. And you would literally have about 45 days to pack up your personal belongings, get in a moving truck, move to the next place. And literally you just, you had a house, you had a car, you had a bed, and all your personal belongings were just in a few boxes. And wow. that's how I grew up, man. So not a whole lot uh, of money, as you can imagine. Didn't have a whole lot of good teaching on money. But I did learn the value of gratitude, right? Mm. Of seeing other people even worse off than myself that we were able to help um, in various different ways. I think that kind of is ingrained in me that, man, if you have something of value, you want to share it with others. And it, it's, it's turned into, I mean, all different aspects of my life. Uh, but most importantly, you know, as I learned these different tenets of financial freedom, personally, I felt compelled, and this was in 2014, that I want to be a part of educating people with this message, like helping people to see what's possible and in order to do that, I had to give up a $300,000 job in the mortgage business and, and basically say, I'm going to leave that behind to, to go and pursue this full time. So, but those are the things in my, my childhood that I feel like prepared me is, and gratitude, being able to share something of value with the world and, uh, and thinking about impact, like how can I impact others? Um, was deeply ingrained in me from my parents and and from you know working with the Salvation Army. Yeah, it sounds like in addition to that, you also like had a pretty pretty heavy hand of having to learn how to deal with change too, which like <laughs> it was definitely experiencing some change right now. So you know that's pretty hardcore, man. Forty five days, new scenery, new friends, like forget the old stuff, and you know that's pretty important when you're a kid. You build your friendships, and then you got to go bye bye. Like wow. Well, I, that, I think that's one of my greatest gifts is the ability to be the new guy, mm. right? I was the new guy all the time growing mm -hmm. up. And what did it do? I actually have been able to share this with my daughters. I'm like, do you know what people love to hear about more than anything else in the world? And my daughter, I'm just telling my 15 year old this the other day. She, uh, she's like, uh, I don't know. What are you talking about? I said, 
They want to hear about themselves. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when you're in a room, you go and you talk to people about what's important to them. You ask them about them. And you know what? Even if you never tell them anything about yourself, they will walk away from that conversation feeling like, man, that was an amazing, I love that girl, Annie, or I love that guy, Joey. He he, was such a great guy. That's so true. It's because they want to hear about themselves. So, man, I learned that at a young age, like I'm the Mm -hmm. new guy. I'm going to just get to know people by asking them questions about themselves. And, and uh, man, it just kind of blossoms from there. People kind of like having you around. And uh, so anyways, I think it's a blessing that I move so much and uh, one of my greatest assets. Beautiful, man. That's powerful, dude. So many, so many hidden nuggets in that. So you created Wealth Without Wall Street or co-created. And obviously in there, there's some kind of ethical problems with Wall Street. So do you want to share with us uh, what they may be and how you came to create Wealth Without Wall Street? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, unlike the way the name sounds, we're not necessarily like poo-pooing on Wall Street. What we are saying is point out the mindset that Wall Street requires you to have in order for them to be successful. So the, the very first one is retirement, mm. right? Retirement is a scam. And I'll, I'll give you the example. Um, this one time I was at the beach with my family. We had our Wealth Without Wall Street shirts on, like these like <laughs> swim shirts. Nice. And, you know, they got five little girls wearing them. I'm wearing them. It would kind of, you know, make a little bit of a scene there. People are like, what is that? You know, and this this older lady comes walking up to us and she says, we find out she's actually from nearby where we're from, but we're in a totally different state. So it's kind of a small world moment. And she says, huh, tell me about that wealth of that wall street. And I told her a little about it. She says, wow, okay, that's really cool. She said, well, you know, we retired and um, I just, I just hope it's enough. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I hope it's enough. She said, well, I mean, we worked our whole lives we put money away. And now I just, I mean, I don't know. I hope that it doesn't run out. Jeez. And, and, you know, the scarcity behind her statement was, if you think about it, like the whole idea of retirement is built on scarcity. Mm-hmm. It's live scarcely now, like put as much money as you can away for as long as you can. And then live on as little as you can so that it doesn't run out for the rest of your life, whatever little bit of time that may be. And the truth of the matter is we were meant for a whole lot more than that, right? You have value to give to the world, not just to stop working. Like retirement actually means to take out of service. So I don't know about you, Bryce, but you have some value to give to the world. Like, do you need to be taken out of service at any time in your life? I mean, I hope that I have more value to give to the world when I'm in my 60s because I've been giving them value my whole life. Mm. And uh, so number one, retirement is a scam. And so therefore, putting money away in this hope strategy that's really no hope at all can be deterred and, and create actual freedom today by creating passive income, by building streams of income that offset your expenses. If you have that, you have then the freedom to say, I can go to work or I don't have to go to work. 
it's literally up to me. Uh, but until you say that, until you create those streams, you have no say so. Your time is owned by someone else or something else, whether it be your business or somebody else's. And, and so that's what we're about is debunking things like retirement, things like deferring taxes. Uh, I mean, I can go into as many as you want, but those are the things that we want to debunk and get people to start thinking about getting their money to work for them so that they can have the freedom with their time today. This is the time that is important. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm. And we certainly don't need to do something and put up with it for the you know, the vast majority of our lives, just to hope that the money was enough to live on for our remaining days. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I totally believe that we deserve to live free. We don't, the whole like waking up at 5.30 in the morning, going to a job and asking for like time off and maybe you get it, maybe you don't, retiring and then not maybe not being in good health later on. I mean, that is not how we're meant to live. So let's unpack that financial freedom. How would you describe financial freedom? And then how are you helping people with financial freedom? And you can take as deep a dive as you want on this because this is a massive topic for our freedom hackers. No doubt, no doubt. Man, I'll tell you, our, our version of financial freedom is so different. And that's what I've learned over the years Bryce, of talking with so many different people and people hear our podcast, they come into our coaching and they, they start following this path. And it's amazing to me, like you just assume that everybody has the same idea that you do, you know, that mm-hmm. financial freedom is like a certain dollar amount that's coming into the door, or it's, it's, um, it's the time that I can spend with my kids. But man, we hear people that just they would how they would define financial freedom is being able to go and drop my kids off at school and pick them up in the afternoon like something so simple but to them that's something that they've been for whatever reason detracted from like they can't do it today and that's like an important thing for them like they want to be there for their kids for me i'm literally sitting here looking at the vision board that i have on my mm-hmm. on my desktop Beautiful. And, and part of our process, we have a passport challenge that we take people through. Have you ever, you know, you ever look at your passport, you open it up. I do. Yeah. It has all these destinations in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the stamps in the back. Yeah. It's like, oh man, remember when we went here? Remember when I took this trip there? That was such a great trip. I remember yeah. this, whatever, but there's a destination in there. Well, our financial freedom passports are just that. They're like, what is the destination you're trying to get to? Mm-hmm. And for me, I have right in the middle of mine is the, the word impact. Okay. Right? Like if there's anything else on that page, it all starts with the word impact and it, and it flows out from there. So then I've got my, uh, my, my daughters are super important like spending time with my daughters, investing them as we already kind of start off the show, talking about homeschooling, talking about like, I'm helping one of my daughters start a land flipping business. She has 40 acres in, she's 15 and she has 40 acres in Presidio, Texas that she's selling right now, like actively pursuing people to buy on terms from her so she can create passive income. That is awesome. Like that to me, it's financial freedom, being able to invest in her and in my daughters in all their unique ways that they need help right now. Um, giving 
is one of my big words that's on, on, my, uh, on my passport here. And fierce marriage is another picture I have. Um, it's, it's actually a book by the Fredericks that I haven't even read yet, but I have the book up there because what financial freedom allows me to do is that I have more peace in my relationships, uh, more importantly with my wife that she doesn't worry about money. Like we don't worry about money and she gets to have more time with me. Like I can remember back, um, Bryce, when I worked in the mortgage business and this is a, I'm not proud of this, but I'm hoping that other people can kind of resonate with where I was because it doesn't have to be this way. But I was on the proverbial hamster wheel of high commission sales job. And what I mean by that is I worked so hard. I had 50, 60, 70 hours a week sometimes in this business. And I would finally get to vacation. And we would go on vacation, go to the beach. And I remember more times than not saying to my wife and to my daughters, hey, you guys go on down to the beach. I'll be right behind you. I just have to take this one more call. Oh, no. And then an hour later, I'm walking down to the, to the beach and they're walking, passing me, going the other way, just pissed off. Yeah, wow. Because I was there, but I wasn't present, right? I was present, but I wasn't present. And, and that is the thing, like, that's why I have fierce marriage up here because I did, my wife, I'll, I'll tell you another quick thing. When I told my wife I was leaving this $300,000 job to go and pursue Wealth Without Wall Street with my now business partner, Russ Morgan, I thought she was going to slap me. Like, you idiot. <laughs> like, she's pregnant with our fourth daughter. I mean, I'm sitting there like, she's going to think this is the dumbest idea I've ever had. And instead, she looked me in the eye and she was immediate with her answer. She said, you should absolutely do that. You knew instinctively, huh? And I, well, but I thought that. I thought that. In fact, I didn't even ask her about it until um, four or five years ago. I went to her and said, hey, whenever I came to you for the first time and I said, hey, I think that this is something God's telling me I need to do. Like, I, I want to pursue this. And you immediately said, you should do this. What was going through your mind? And this is where I got my kick in the gut. She said, Joey, if you had told me you were going to go be a garbage man, I would have told you the same thing. Mm. She said, because no matter what, I had been praying for years that God would remove you from your role in that mortgage business because I wanted you back. Yeah. Wow. Imagine what would have happened if you had to continue down that path too, you know, exactly. for another five years. Dude, I don't, I don't, I mean, we're guys. I was oblivious. I was oblivious, man. I was literally thinking I'm crushing it. Like I can't do no wrong. I'm, I'm working so hard for you. Mm. Like I'm making this happen for you. Like this lifestyle that we have this, we can buy what we want. Like we don't have to worry about anything. Like we can go on these nice vacations and stuff. But in the meantime, I was losing the people that meant the most that I was working so hard for. And men, I'm going to tell you, if, if you're a man, you're listening to me right now, do, do some like soul searching on that, right? Like 
you have the ability to make or break relationships around you and you don't even realize what's going on. So anyway, I'm just, that's a little bit personal for me, but just telling you like financial freedom has taken on a whole new vision for me because of those experiences that I've had and then seeing what's possible. And now, you know, it's much less about the things that I want. It's more about the time with the people that I love and, and those that God's really given me stewardship of. And uh, so, but anyways, that's, that's how I see financial freedom. That, I think that was how you started the question. <laughs> that was, yeah. So how do you see financial freedom? And then to continue on from there, this is something that you help people with. So, I mean, where do we start? How do you help people with financial freedom? Well, it, we actually have a book coming out a little bit later this summer. Um, as we call it, Wealth Without Wall Street, uh, Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income. And just, I can break down those three steps for you, but basically it's a GPS, right? If you ever, you have your maps app on your phone, yeah. you, know, you pull that up, you, 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 by the way, the app is worthless if you don't put in a destination. Did you yeah, know that? Absolutely. Like it literally just tells you where you're at. <laughs> that doesn't get, that doesn't help anybody, but you put in the destination, which is financial freedom. Like think, think that's where I'm headed. And that's why we do this passport challenge to help people see and to dream a little bit. Like, do you realize, and this is what I was also mentioning earlier is so many people have quit dreaming, mm. you know, retirement actually shuts off the creativity in your brain because you no longer have a, you don't have a dream anymore. You're just putting up with what you have in front of you and you're just taking one plot after the next and just hoping that one day it'll end mm -hmm. and I can go and do something that I really want to do. By then you don't even know what you want to do, right? So that passport challenge it helps you to dream again. It helps you to realize what would it be if I got to this destination, what would it look like? Who would I be with, right? We actually, in the Passport Challenge, we ask the, the question, what do I want to be? Like, who do I want to be? What do I want to do or not do? And what do I want to have when I get to financial freedom? Once you be, do, and have, right? You've heard that before. Mm-hmm. We just, we just rip things off. You know, that's not anything original to us. So be, do, and have, what does that look like for me? And, and then, so that's your destination. And then we back up and we say, so the goal, the, the GPS is goal plan and support, right? The goal so just, is that destination. Just on that, on that note though, you're talking about like the destination be, do, have, um, that's something that when we're kids, we get asked that all the time. Like probably one of the most common questions when you're a kid, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you don't really know. You know, you want to be a firefighter, police officer, you want to save the world, whatever, right? Um, but then when we grow up, we kind of stop asking that question. And like, we, I know in my life, you know, up until I intercepted it, I didn't sit down and give that time. I didn't sit down and like really, really contemplate that. And uh, I think a lot of people are missing out by not asking those questions. 100%, man. Again, I, I really believe we've shut off that dream function, like the ability to, to see something bigger than what we have right now in front of us. And it's a sad thing, but it, it's, again, I think it's part of that mindset of 
the retirement scam that we've all been, you know, kind of led down the path. But if we can get so our GPS aligned with that financial freedom destination, that goal is the first step. The plan then goes deeper. So if I know what financial freedom looks like, now I can start making plans. And that's where people start saying, well, that's when you start investing in certain things that will get you there. And I'd say, you're right. But the truth is, is have you figured out what sort of investor you are before you start investing? Like, I don't know, Bryce, you, you know, people start talking about investing. The ver- what's the first thing people want to know about the investments? Yeah, what's good to invest in? <laughs> what's good? Well, what's good for you versus for me? Mm-hmm. And then what do people revert to? What's the first thing they revert to? Return on investment? The ROI, right? What's mm-hmm. the ROI on my investment? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the, the truth of the matter is, um, Robert Kiyosaki said it best. He said, there's no good or bad investments, just good or bad investors. Mm-hmm. So you are the one that needs to dictate what sort of investment is good or bad. And it's because we don't really take time to understand who we are. Like what's our investor DNA? That's what we call it. The profile that we built that you take, it's like a personality profile, but it it matches you with what are the things that I would love about short-term rentals, for instance, that's one of the strategies that we teach about. Right. And, but also there's some cons to short-term rentals that I need to be aware of. And then there's finally what resources are required to make this a successful venture. And if any one of those things is, is too far out of line, you should not do it. I don't care what the return on investment is, mm. right? I don't care that, you know, we're getting between 30 and 50 to 70% ROI in this space, but that's because we really enjoy business, right? It's a hospitality business. It's not a, you know, an asset quote, quote unquote, when you do arbitrage the way we do. But so, so anyways, all that being said, in our plan, we talk so much and we provide this actual tool that you can take on and say, I wonder what would line up with my personality. And, and by the way, don't allow it to limit you. It just allow it to give you some direction. And then let's say that you really still love the idea of land flipping, for instance. That's another strategy I told you I'm doing with my daughter and we have a business that creates over 20000 a month in land flipping. and but you say, but there's some cons in this land flipping thing. I don't know if I could do that may be a perfect opportunity for a partnership, Mm. right? I mean, there's certain things we should not do alone. We should do in partnerships because we both win, you know, in a much higher way uh, when we use the God-given strengths that we've been given. And, and so anyways, all that being said, under that plan, we talk about your investor DNA, who you are, and that helps you to really get to financial freedom as fast as possible. Cause then you start having confidence that this is what I should invest in because it has this result. And because I'm going to be much more inclined to pursue it hardcore to get to my goal. Um, so anyways, that's the goal, the plan. And then the support is just who are the people on your team? Who are the people around you? Are they getting you closer to financial freedom or are they like the crabs in a bucket? That's, basically grabbing you as you're trying to reach up 
to get to something much better. And they're grabbing your foot and saying, Bryce, you don't know anything about short-term rentals, man. What? That sounds like a scam. I don't know, man. I, I think you're, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. And what's this talk about creative financing and owner, owner held mortgages. And like, that sounds like a bunch of hooey. I wouldn't be doing that. If that's what your circle's telling you, you're not pursuing financial freedom as fast as possible. Mm. You got to find a support group, team, coaches that are going to help you get to financial freedom as fast as possible. So that's why we lay those out in those three steps and uh, in those buckets. So I want to get on to support in a minute because I know you support a lot of people in that capacity. But before we go there, your personal opinion, okay? So um, all of our Freedom Hack is listening right now. For everybody that's listening, what percentage of people listening do you believe from your heart and from your soul that can achieve financial freedom? How many can or how many will? Well, both. Let's start off with how many can. And let's and then let's go into how many will and why. Man, I believe a hundred percent of people can obtain financial freedom. I don't believe all of them will, because there's so many villains in the story, right? The first is right between your ears, all right, and that's the mindset. If you can't get behind and over the mindset that you're not good enough, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the financial wherewithal. You weren't taught this growing up um, and you don't have the resources. I don't have the money to do it. There's so many negativity. There's so many things um, that will tell you that this, you know, that will keep you back. Um, and, and the most of which is, like I said, the people around you that will just fill your ear with the negativity and the idea that you're dreaming too big, right? They want you to be brought back into this small position. Um, those type of things are keeping you from financial freedom. And, and then the, the other part is like, I think there's a lack of education just in general. And that goes back to what we just started. The whole conversation is our education system is not designed to help you get out of this or to help you get to financial freedom. It's an industrialized education to create a workforce. Yeah. Um, to sustain an economy. And it, it, there's no, that, that's not a secret. I mean, that's, that's been documented. Um, but that is something that you have to break free of. And, uh, and you have to say, I was meant for more than just to, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so I think those are things that will keep people from pursuing financial freedom. But the ability, if you just get this basic knowledge and you start aligning your, your income and your assets to, to get to this end, everybody could get to financial freedom. But I think, I think it's less than a 20% number of people who actually will, and it just goes to the Pareto's principle, mm. you know, 80-20 rule. There's 20% of people that are going to take the action. They're going to, they're going to say enough is enough, and they're going to be dis- and franchise with what they have right now, and they're going to do something about it. Um, that's what I think is the difference maker. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, under, I understand where you're coming from, and I believe what you're saying. And I think in the general public, we could probably say, yeah, 20%. 
But given that our freedom hackers are out there looking for freedom and they're tuning in and listening to this kind of thing and they're ready to do the work, and, um, and that's my belief, that we're probably looking at 80% of our freedom hackers will probably, you know, actually take action on it and, and actually do it. But I'm with you. You know, there's going to be a certain amount of people that are going to get taken out of the game. But everything you mentioned, they're overcomable. Like you can overcome all of these things. It's not like, you know, you have a disadvantage and you're never going to be able to, you know, deal with it. All of these things we can overcome. Would you? No, agree? no doubt. 100%. And you're not a victim. I think that's the other thing. Like, I mean, I told you, I grew up with the Salvation Army. Like, my parents had no money. Mm. I had no, nothing that was like giving me the upper hand to get to this point. It's just purely, man, being in the right place at the right time, being educated, taking seriously education. That's the other thing that Wall Street does. I, I, I know I'm probably bouncing back and forth in your questions, but Wall Street teaches you to stop being creative. Mm -hmm. When you just put money blindly into a 401k every month, how much do you actually think about, man, I wonder what I could invest that money in? Zero percent of the time. Because mm -hmm. they've already given you, there's a handful of mutual funds that you can choose from. And guess what? They tell you what the last year's you know, rate of return was in that mutual fund. And that's how you make your decision. Let's be honest. That's mm -hmm. it. And there's, there are limited options too. You get A, B, or C. And most people think, well, I've got three options. It's easy. I like this one. <laughs> exactly. But it wasn't until I took money from that Wall Street kind of place, because I was, I was putting money into my 401k religiously until I realized I need to put money into my control, mm -hmm. right? Where I can put my, I can actually dictate to the dollar where it needs to go and what it needs to go do so it can bring home friends, right? That's what I think of interest and uh, dividends and all that. I want that money to go find friends and bring them home. Mm -hmm. And it never happened until I started to see those things. Like we talk, you ever, you ever see um, like you go shopping for a new car and, yeah. and you're like, dude, I found the most unique car of all time. It's a fill in the blank Tesla, you know, the new Bronco, whatever it is. And you drive off the lot. And what do you see as soon as you leave the lot? All of those other cars, same car everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. And you're like, wait a minute, were these always here? Or did they just all show up like I did? They just got the same idea and they went up and bought it today. They were always there, Bryce. Mm -hmm. But our brain has this reticulator, reticulating activating system. And it tells your brain what to focus in on, what's important. And so now you start seeing that, hey, I think that new Ford Bronco is an important thing. I'm going to, you start seeing them everywhere. It filters out the other things and it focuses on, on what's important. When you start putting money into your control where you can access it and you can tell it what to do. Guess what your brain kicks in and says, hey, it's important to look for passive income ideas. Guess what always will show up? Passive income ideas. Now, all of them are not good, but they've always been there. In fact, Robert Kiyosaki, I hate, I always quote this guy, but the guy's a, a genius, right? He says, there are million dollar ideas under your nose every single day. Yeah, no kidding, no. 
and we just don't see them. But that's because our brain is filtering them out because we don't we don't know that they're important. We don't even unless have start, access to money unless we start asking ourselves new questions. One hundred percent. And and you and I both know there is millions and millions of investments to to choose from. There is absolutely no limit in the ways that we can create financial freedom to suit our personality to a T. And uh, the deeper and deeper I get into the investment world, the more there's just like so many investments out there. We have to just like focus on ones that really, really settle with us and just take a deep dive on them because there's just so many options, right? 100%. Yeah, and I think that's a great point is, by the way, if you listen to our podcast at all, um, every month, Russ and I do a, a personal passive income report mm. where we just tell you what we're investing in, why we're doing this, um, what's going well, what's not going well. Um, by the way, don't buy a, uh, into a cattle company. If you don't know <laughs> anything about cattle, I just, just let you know that that's free of charge. Just Speaking give you that experience. I tell you. <laughs> 100%. Um, but but we share that not to, to mention the fact that, so you may, you may see that or hear that and think these guys are invested in all these crazy things. But the thing that we have in common with it is that they line up with our investor DNA and they are, they are creating the cash flow to offset our expenses to where that is getting, it got us to financial freedom by focusing in on those things. There's tons of things like just the other day, I had somebody pitching a, an RV park to us. Mm-hmm. And he said, man, we're in the 25 to 26% ROI on these deals. Um, you know, usually three or four years from now. I'm like, okay, well, what about the first 18 to 24 months? How's that look? Well, probably not any cash flow. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about financial freedom today, you're probably not investing in that. Yeah, because it's not not creating the cash flow that you want. It's a great investment for somebody else, Mm -hmm. but not for where you're at and how you're trying to get to financial freedom. So I don't know that if that uh, adds more to what you're saying, but yeah, you got to be aligned with what is it trying to accomplish? Your investment had better be aligned with what your goal is. So let's go here. You've talked about some investments that may not have worked out so well. You went from a $300,000 secure job where you knew that you go there the next day, the job's going to be there. And then you went to the entrepreneurial route to create wealth without Wall Street and all the things you're doing today. I'm assuming there's been a few challenges along the way. What's that been like? And can you take a deep dive on some of these challenges? Man, um, 100 percent it is it has been challenging along the way i think number one you got two guys that really have never been very tech savvy never been very um you know we did not intend to have some sort of a national brand we literally just started out as a small burnt we're in birmingham alabama um nothing you know too crazy about us but you know, along the way, things started happening that this message was resonating with people. And it started with a podcast, right? In 2017, when we launched our podcast, all of a sudden we went from this mom and pop kind of, hey, just people in Birmingham, Alabama that we worked with to people all over the country calling us and saying, hey, I heard you on this podcast. Can you help me do the same thing that you're talking about? And to be honest, Bryce, we had no idea. We literally 
thought we were just having a conversation with our clients and we were recording a conversation and shooting it out to them. And all of a sudden people all over the world are listening to it. So we had an immediate challenge of <clears throat> there's only me and Russ helping people. Well, we had to hire full-time coaches to help us. And that was no easy thing because guess what? Russ and I are not super detailed and we had to write down exactly what our process was. <clears throat> well, I don't know about you, but most entrepreneurs don't ever like, that's a super hard thing to do, by the way, because you're and just relying too. <laughs> Yeah. Super time consuming. But we had a, uh, a coach, like a consultant come meet with us and we told him what our challenges were. And they were like, you've got to replace yourself to grow the business. Like you can't be the one doing the day to day and growing the business. You're going to burn yourself out. And so he forced us to sit down and, and create our process and have it be a, a repeatable thing, which also helps support our clients so much better. Right. We, up until that point, it was just kind of like wild, wild west, like, Hey, let's meet today. And wherever the conversation goes, like I'll help mm -hmm. lead you down the path, mm -hmm. but it wasn't sustainable and it wasn't um, consistent. So, I mean, that was a challenge. Um, I think hiring a team is hard. I mean, building out uh, and growing employees is hard. I, we've made a lot of bad hires mm. and because we did it with our gut. So what do we learn? We learned to use a tool called culture index, which helps us identify how people see the world. What are their strengths? It's, it's kind of like the disc profile, but taking it like a hundred times more in depth. And man, it's helped us so much to get better at hiring the right people and putting them in the right seats within the company. Um, but I think those would be the biggest challenges that we faced is, you know, <clears throat> scaling, replacing ourselves, and then subsequently all the hiring issues and things that come along with that. And then what's been the return on investment for taking on those challenges and conquering them? Man, when you can buy back your time, which is what we've been able to do, that's, I can't put a number on it. So it goes back to even the, the initial conversation we were having is, man, for me to go from being in that mortgage business, working 60, 70 hours a week, having somebody call me up on a Friday and say, hey, we're coming to do an audit of your branch on Monday. And so I'm having to work all weekend just to make sure I'm prepared for this audit to now working from home, working 20 to 30 hours a week, mm. being able to, I took a 22, 22 day RV trip across America last year with my, me and my five daughters and my wife. Um, I mean, this is a dramatic change that never would have happened if we hadn't taken that leap and then subsequently built the passive income streams and built the team to make our business more passive. Like those are those are all separate conversations and stories, but they all lead together to buy back your time and allow you to have an abundant life, right? To enjoy the people that you're with. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs and business owners, and I see that as being one of the most common problems is like scaling and taking them people, taking themselves out of their business and just allowing other people to fit that role. It might not be perfect. It might not do as good a job as you, but it really does create freedom in our businesses and in our lives. Oh, you, 
You know, what's so funny is every entrepreneur thinks that nobody can do the job as, as well as them, right? That's that ego that we all share. But I'll tell you, the more we take our hand off of the business and allow the people that we hired to do the things that they're gifted at, the more we're like, why in the world didn't I do that sooner? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Our coaches today do a better job with our clients than we ever did mm -hmm. because they have a singular focus when we were just all over the place. Right. Yeah. They have much more follow through and much more detailed analysis of, of what's going on with people. I mean, it's, it's astounding to see the difference between what they can do versus what we thought we could do. Um, and, and everybody on your team has so much to give. They just need to be given the right and the ability to let that come through. And if you're constantly in the way trying to micromanage or, you know, do something, hold on to some task, man, try giving that up and see what happens. It's, it's pretty amazing. I was actually going to ask you, how can we get over that fear? But you just said it like, just, just give it a go, give it a go and see what happens. Yeah. And, and uh, you, you have to build in, you know, some sort of like contingency plan, right? Like if the person that you hand some to and they didn't, they weren't prepared or they weren't going to be able to be the best at, at following through on that, you can't just, you know, leave it with them and, and not have any check-in, but having the ability to have it measured and trackable and then and be able to go back with them and say, how's it going and be able to see that it's, it's working or not. Um, you have to have that kind of thing built in, but it's, uh, the more you do it, the more you'll want to do it. I'll say that. Hmm. So let's, let's go a little bit deeper on challenges here. You said that you had some challenges with this cattle company. Do you want to <laughs> unpack that one for us, mate? So the long and short of it is, um, a good friend of mine had a lot of knowledge about cattle and he said, man, you could, you can take a, uh, an award-winning kind of a bull or award-winning heifer, and you can just take their, um, their offspring, essentially, they call them progeny and all this kind of stuff. And you can actually um, do like artificial insemination between them and all this sort of thing to create an even better breed. And people will pay a lot for these kind of animals if they can have performance and you know they can prove their performance and so on and we figured it out where you could do it almost hands-off not even with the farm so you could uh and this is probably more than you want to know but you take this bull sperm and you put it with this embryo and you're able to um, have like these reciprocal cows that basically can just take that and grow the grow the new cow and then you, then they have people that will raise that cow to a point where it can be sold. And you could do this all on other people's farms. It's amazing. Okay. The problem is there's way too many variables, like way too many. Well, how many of the embryos actually keep whenever you do that? Well, the percentage was way off. We thought it was going to be 60%. It was more like 30% right? So about half of what we anticipated. Um, then you have these calf raisers that you're entrusting them with these animals and they don't do a good job. 
right? We tried five or six different calf raisers over the time. And they all said they were going to do a great job. They all had these, you know, history of doing a great job. And you come to pick up the animals and they're undernourished. They haven't met the weight requirements that you needed for them to be sold at the highest, you know, bid or whatever. And you end up just not being able to make the returns that you anticipated. Um, all in all, we didn't have a ton of money invested in this, maybe like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, and but we didn't get much of that back. We probably got about four to five thousand of it back after several years. Not a good investment, and mostly we didn't have the knowledge, and we didn't have the ability to create a consistent cash flow. That was another thing that we learned along the way. It was just, you know. It was kind of this crazy idea that it was more like a hobby. I did get to go to some cool cattle auctions and meet some really cool people, but that was uh, probably not worth the investment. That probably saved you a lot of money on other investments, but you could apply the lessons that you learned from that investment and then um, you know make a lot of money in areas that you may have lost if you didn't actually have that challenge. Yeah, the, that was one of those things that taught us about how important that investor DNA is. And also thinking about what is this investment going to do for me? Is it aligned with what my, my goals are? And, and truth be told, it wasn't. It was not, uh, it was really after that that we started to, to see how those things play together. So you said you started uh, Well from Wall Street back in 2017. How has that grown you as an individual and what has shown up in your life that you never would have predicted would have shown up as a result of launching that podcast? I'll tell you this. Um, I mentioned from my upbringing that I got to be, I got to learn to be the new guy everywhere I went. Well, it is an amazing, amazing thing to have a podcast because you're the new guy every time you jump on the mic and you get to meet amazing people. So it's like networking at the highest level, right? Being able to network and have great conversations with people like yourself and uh, the hundreds of other guests that we've had on our show. Um, it's, it's a, your network grows so vast, um, so quickly. So I think that's, that's an amazing thing. The second thing that showed up for us was that throughout all that, we started to learn what passive income strategies were out there mm -hmm. and which ones we really wanted to implement. And we started implementing these personally about two to two and a half years ago, because we, we, we probably took the first two to three years of our podcast and just took in information, didn't take a lot of action. And then finally we started implementing them and man, we went from, I think our first report, was about $3,000 to $4,000 in passive income coming in in a month to now it's upwards of $50,000 a month in that amount of short of amount of time. And, and what has happened as a result of that is, as you can imagine, people are knocking on our door saying, okay, you guys got to tell me how you're doing X, Y, or Z. Like, mm -hmm. how are you doing this passive income stream? How did you get involved with this? Who's your contact for that? Blah, 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 blah. You can imagine the number of questions we've had. Mm -hmm. And what came as a result of that was our coach said, you guys need to launch a passive income mastermind. Mm -hmm. There are people all across the country that want to come and learn 
what you're doing and they want to be surrounded by other investors who are doing passive income at a high level. And so in October of last year, we launched our first retreat up in Nashville and we're about to have our next one in Austin, Texas. But these are seven, eight, nine, even 10 figure entrepreneurs who gather together and they are learning how to increase their passive income, reduce taxes and build an infrastructure to hold all that together. Like for instance, um, we use infinite banking, we use um, uh, legacy planning and things of that nature to make sure that what we're building will outlive us and we'll get to 200% of our passive income being greater than our monthly expenses. And it's been an amazing, amazing thing to see that group come together. And um, it's been it's almost like natural, you know, that it's just an outpouring of what started with a podcast, you know, almost five to six years ago. And how can our Freedom Hackers become involved in that mastermind? Well, you can go check out um, a website on it. It's uh, wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash club 200. We call it club 200 because all of us are in the, the path to creating 200% of our um, passive income to monthly expenses. And um, it's an application only type of deal. But uh, as long as you're a credited investor, you're welcome to apply. And, um, and then we, we have the board that gets together and, and decides. But yeah, I'd love to, to have you take a look at that. And um, also, like I said, before the, the May event um, coming up in Austin, Texas, we'd love to love to meet you. Beautiful. And for our freedom hackers that aren't quite familiar with the term accredited investor, do you mind sharing what that terminology means? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's an IRS kind of limitation, but if you have, there's a couple of different ways to, to meet the requirements, but usually it's income-based. So if you have an individual income of 200,000 or more and have for the last several years and, and have every intention that it will continue, or if you're, um, you're married, filing jointly, and have over $300,000 a year in income. That's how that they, they kind of use that as the cutoff. Or if you have a million dollars of net worth outside of your primary residence, um, those are the, the kind of the critical things that they would say make you an accredited investor. Awesome. Thanks. So for our Freedom Hackers, quick disclaimer, neither Joey or I are making any investment um, uh, advice here. We're not telling you what to do, but I am actually curious because this is just here for educational purposes. All of you out there listening need to make your own investing decisions. But I am curious, Joey, what are you investing in right now? And over the next 12 to 24 months, What's got you excited about investing in and why, and what are you staying away from? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm actually trying to pull up, this is our passive income report uh, from January. We're just about to come out with our February one, but uh, we currently uh, flip raw land, right? Buy and sell raw land through a land flipping business. Um, we have a company called Wake Up in Birmingham. It's a short-term rental business. So this, we have 27 units right here in Birmingham that we rent out nightly, weekly, you know, anything shorter than the typical 12-month lease. And uh, sometimes we have people staying for months on end because they have a house that's been uh, needing to be repaired or, or whatever. We had some tornadoes come through and we still have people living with us um, because their house is being repaired. We have um, Ethereum miners, so mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. 
Uh, we've also... Um, you mind me just digging on that? Because oh, sure. we've actually sure. got Bitcoin mining operations ourselves. I'm curious, what kind of returns have you been able to produce from your Ethereum mining? That's a great question, man. We, we actually bought these miners back in... I want to say is either, I think it was 2018. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was about $8,000 for one computer. Mm -hmm. And they were creating, you know, at the time, I think Ethereum was something like, man, I, I'm, I'm coming up with a blank, but it, it cost about $160 a month to maintain that machine. And at the time, I want to say it was creating something like $800 in US, US dollars, the equivalent of what the Ethereum was trading at. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was like, man, we buy one machine. That's on a monthly it, basis, right? Monthly. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's monthly. Yeah. And so it's like, man, this is like the biggest, the best hands-off rental property you've ever seen, right? No toilets, no termites, no mm -hmm. tenants. Mm -hmm. It's just literally a machine, a cash machine. Mm -hmm. And it's, and as long as Ethereum goes, stays where it is or goes up, man, this thing is beautiful. It will create, you know, um, I think at the time we were expecting it to be, you know, 80 to a hundred percent or higher ROI based on where Ethereum was. And immediately, like 30 days after we plug these things in, Ethereum starts to go down and starts to go down and starts to go down. And it gets mm -hmm. down to like 100 a coin or something. It was like really, <laughs> really low to the point where you were paying to maintain the machine to create less currency than it was costing you. And we did that for like over a year, maybe two years until um, 2019 hit and we started to see Ethereum prices going up or was it 2019 or 2020? Maybe been 2020. Anyway, regardless, the long and short of it is we, we just kept mining it. And by the end of 2020, it started going up to into the $500 a coin range. And that returned all the money we ever paid for all of our machines, as well as all the maintenance costs. And we thought, oh, we're so genius. We're just going to take that money and pay ourselves back and we're good. Now everything is, is, you know, cheddar from there, right? Gravy. And the bad news is we're morons because Ethereum just shot like a rocket after that and has consistently been, you know, way, way, way higher than 500. Mm -hmm. And we would have, we would have done well to just hold on to that crypto. But what we did is we withdrew it, like sold it. And now we just continue to maintain them and they continue to create much more than we ever put in. I don't know the exact figure as far as the return, but now we're thinking about it as just like you said, Bitcoin mining. Uh, we have a, a separate Bitcoin mining investment now and we still do the Ethereum. But man, keeping that cryptocurrency now is way more important than turning it into dollars because the dollar is just getting crushed. I mean, Absolutely. literally, it's just depleting before our eyes. So we have a much bigger need to keep hold on to that Bitcoin and that Ethereum 
um, because we really feel like it's the safe bet long term and it's just an alternative currency now, not just a cash flow. And safety for other reasons too. Two kind of reasons I'd like to bring up right now. We just saw the Canadian trucker thing going on there. They just <laughs> yeah. had $10 million taken off them from the GoFundMe. And then they raised another $5 million through cryptocurrencies and nobody could take that off them because it couldn't be hacked and they couldn't hack it. So I think that's actually a good testament that cryptocurrencies, our money can be a little bit more protected. And then also uh, one of our guests, David Morgan uh, from the Morgan Report, he was on on a little while ago and more recently he's exposing some of the bank runs that have been happening there was a bank run that just happened in poland for those of you who don't know what a bank run is it's basically when everybody freaks out goes to the bank goes to draw their money out but if you you may know or may not know but our banks do not have enough money they've got a very <laughs> small percentage of it in there because they've got most of it leveraged and and uh and so people can't access their money and so there's people lined up on the streets trying to get money out of their bank accounts and you know will that happen into in america i don't know but the possibility exists and so we may actually need cryptocurrencies for another reason i mean would you agree with that 100 man uh, the fact that uh yeah the, the, it's not even hidden anymore it's in plain sight that your money is not necessarily your money right the access to your money it's a digitized banking system that is not, um, it's not, you know, it's totally controllable. And, and so, I mean, yeah, we've got to take back control of that function. And, um, and we believe that crypto is definitely the wave of the future. And um, I don't pretend to be an expert in it. Um, there's people way, way, way smarter than me. But I know that uh, as a, a long-term bet, um, I'm putting as much as I can into it for sure. Beautiful, man. What else are you investing in right now? And what are you excited about investing in over the coming years? I think, uh, so what we're doing currently, uh, we have an ATM fund that we bought uh, into that's seven ATMs that uh, it creates about 2184 per month. Um, it, it was about a hundred thousand dollar investment to begin with. And it's a seven to eight year time, time frame in which they anticipate that money coming back to us. So it's super hands off. Um, I really like it a lot because it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's consistent. It's easy. Um, it's and about a 25% annual return or something like that. Somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, plus it, it also provided some bonus depreciation in the first mm -hmm. year that uh, doesn't hurt. Um, so from a tax standpoint, it's a good investment. We have some multifamily syndication that we're a part of. Um, we have a long-term rental, just like a, a single family property that is actually the first property we use for our short-term rental business, if you can see the connection there. Um, and then we, I have an RV that I bought last year to go on that trip and then I now rent it out. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's not a huge money maker. Um, there's a lot of money that goes into it, but it, it is heavy on maintenance. So it's not huge when I would, you know, what I would think as far as like a cash machine. Um, but it certainly gives me peace of mind to know that it's paying for itself and I have, you know, reliable transportation in case I want to go somewhere and you know experience the world with my kids. Um, we have an information business, right? So we have courses and 
our app online. You can go and, and join that and have access to some of those things. If you want to learn how to do short-term rentals, uh, if you want to do your investor DNA, like there are, are products that we've created that will help you um, be educated and, and, and create financial freedom. And this is the Wealth Without Wall Street app. Yes. Yeah. In fact, yeah. if you want to, um, I'll just give you a specific link. It'll give you that passport challenge too. So you get access to the community, the app and the, um, the passport challenge, just go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. And that will give you access to all the things that we're talking about today. Um, like I said, a lot of them are free, but there are, um, um some of them at the deeper level that you can pay for. Um, we have a private note fund that we're a part of that just invests in, you know, performing loans and non-performing loans. Um, we have an e-commerce business that we're partners in. It's called Stack Candles, where um, we just have it on Amazon and other things where you, uh, you can buy those candles. And then uh, I bought a business for my daughters a few years ago called 100unicorns.com <laughs> and it's a drop shipping business and I have that's another great failure on my part I have sucked at that business I would not recommend me be the operator for any business let alone a an e-commerce business um, I just don't have or want to spend the time on it and so it's it's been pretty pretty lame um, for me but we do still own it okay and then over the next 12 months, 24 months, what's got you excited? What are you looking for? What do you want to add to your portfolio? I think um, we've got a lot more opportunity in the short-term rental space. Um, we're potentially going to be launching in some different cities. And uh, that, so that's on the docket. I think crypto is definitely one of my heavier things that I want to focus on um, mm -hmm. because I just like... I think the, the today, like the urgency of that is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and beyond that, I, I mentioned the whole RV parks, uh, in our interview earlier. And although there is not a lot of cash flow to begin with, I love the space because I see that it's, um, the mom and pop model is kind of like what storage facilities were 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. and it's just fragmented and there's a lot of opportunity to take advantage of that. Um, and people are just flocking to them right now for a very affordable vacation. And, um, and we're living in a, an environment where people are working from home a lot and they need some escape. And uh, I think the RV parks are becoming more and more vogue for people to do. So it's, it's possible I may invest in um, one of the RV parks as well. Okay. What scares you over the next 12 to 24 months? Man, um, quite a bit actually um, about uh, the leadership of our country. And, and I'm not even saying the president by any means. I'm, I'm saying in general, I don't think our, our Congress even is a representation like, I don't believe that they are considering the best for the constituents. I believe they are caught up in just create, like trying to uh, spend their way out of a mess. And it's not getting, like these people don't know what they're doing. 
or that they do, they're malicious and either one of those is not a good, good option for the future. Um, the debt in this country is beyond comparison and, um, and that does not bode well for things like people's money in, in, in qualified plans. I think qualified plans are a sitting duck. They're waiting there for the government to change the rules so that they can get access to it and poorly manage it and or spend it and, um, and take advantage of it. So I don't know. I, I think the political environment that we're in, along with um, just the global situation we're in with wars and other things going down. Um, and, and don't start me on the whole COVID scam demic that we've been through. Yeah, I think it's all connected. And, you know, you may not want me to share all this, but I, I believe that it's all going towards much, much more control. And, mm. and it's going to affect us in ways we cannot even imagine right now. So another thing I, I think I'm interested in is buying some land mm. <laughs> myself mm-hmm. and, um, and being prepared, you know, for if there is the need to protect my family um, in, the, in the near future, to have a place that we can go that will uh, somewhat insulate us from the effects. And what do you believe you need to be prepared for? I, this again, I'm going to sound crazy, but I believe that there is a lot, uh, there's, there's no end to the control. If the things happen that I believe could happen with a social credit type system in this country, um, people like me may not have access to their money for very long and it will get cut off by um, whoever's in charge of this social credit system. And so being self-sufficient, right? Having your own power source, having your own uh, water source and having land that you can um, sustain yourself. I think, I think it's an important thing. Um, It's overwhelming to think about it because I'm so, I'm not a a farmer country boy, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a suburban suburbanite, but, um, but I think it's becoming more and more a, um, a necessity to be thinking that way. Yeah, man. I, I agree with a lot of points you got to say here. And I think it's interesting. We've kind of like dug ourselves in a hole by, um, you know, basically sucking on the nipple of all of these, uh, technology and all of these advantages that are presented to us but really if you think about it someone who's in the position of the old school way of living 200 years ago would actually not be in really that much of a bad position right now would not be that vulnerable but the world we live in you know we we rely on the system um, and I know that's a massive generalization to supply so much for us and what we're seeing right now, what I'm seeing right now, in my opinion, that, that rug is being swept away from us. And some of it's happened really quickly. And uh, it's quite scary to see some of these things happening and happening so rapidly. I think it would be naive of us to, to at least um, not take this into consideration and, and sit down and think about it and ponder how that could possibly affect our lives. I mean, obviously, Absolutely. you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you, you kind of freak yourself out a little bit, the more you think about the, the possibilities. Um, 
And so, man, to be honest, I, I'm grateful for my faith and that, uh, you know, the Lord is, is definitely in control, even when things seem out of control. And so I rest in that and, um, and I do the best I can with what I have in terms of, um, trying to stay focused on, you know, building cash flows, um, is definitely going to be more, uh, advantageous than just having money set up somewhere in a big pile for either someone to take advantage of or me to lose access to. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so keeping that money at work and, um, and like I said, building in some redundancy, uh, when it comes to ways of life that we're not used to, um, I'm focused on some of those things as well. Well, good for you, man. Impacts in the middle of your vision board. And you're obviously living that, man. You know, you've got your app, you've got your community that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but like 5,000 community members. Um, yes. You know, you're, you're kicking butt uh, with your own investments. You're being very vulnerable and you're sharing all of that with a lot of people. I really appreciate what you're doing. I really appreciate you coming on Freedom Hack Radio today and helping our freedom hackers get to the next level. And I would just hope for all of our freedom hackers that they're in the 80% of people who are actually going to take action, who are actually going to follow up and click on the links in the show notes and fill out that passport and start taking action towards their financial freedom. And I really, really, really thank you for coming on the show and being, being vulnerable and for sharing so much of your knowledge and failures and everything in between, because that's the true balance of life. So, so Joey, thank you very much for coming on Freedom Hack Radio. Oh man, it's my pleasure. You're an excellent host. Um, and I feel like we're just getting started. So uh, love to love to do this again sometime. Yeah, man, absolutely. That'd be fantastic. And for all of our freedom hackers out there, how do they keep the conversation going with you? How do they access all of these apps and all of the things that you share? Uh, we, uh, we are terrible at social. If you ever look at our social, you'll see what I'm talking about because we really focus 100% in our app and we have a DM function within there where you can just message me directly and say, hey man, heard you on, on uh, Freedom Hackers and love to, to connect with you there. So go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. You'll get access to the app, the community and the, the passport challenge so that you can take the first step. And we're going to have all of these links in the show notes below. So just make sure to click on those to take the next steps. Any final thoughts, Joey? Man, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm enthralled to know that there are people out there that are finding ways to become more free in all these different areas of life. And uh, just want to wish you the best. Um, stay focused on that. Other people around you don't want it for you necessarily. So you got to want it for yourself. And uh, this is the place to be there. So thanks for joining us. Awesome. Joey, thank you very much. And for all of our freedom hackers, I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And until next week, live large, live free. G'day, this is Bryce Robertson. I'm your host here at Freedom Hack Radio, and I truly, truly hope that you got a ton of value out of the episode that we just shared with you. And if you did, make sure to subscribe on your YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. Hit the notification button so you can find out about the next episodes as they come out. Because if you haven't achieved financial time and location freedom, you really need to be dialed in here. So make sure to subscribe and follow us along as you grow on your path to financial time and location freedom here at Freedom Hack Radio.